Hello and welcome to the BioBuilder podcast. I'm your host, Zeeshan Siddiqui, and today I talk with creative director and artist, Karen Ingram. Karen uses her skill set to promote scientific awareness and is involved with public engagement, creative strategy, and synthetic biology. She is also the illustrator for the BioBuilder Synthetic Biology in the Lab textbook. Let's dive right in. Hi, Karen. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So let's let's dive right into it. You're now one of the leading designers in synthetic biology, but your career did not start off there. Could you tell us a bit more about who you were before learning about synthetic biology? Sure, yeah. Uh, I went to um, school for painting, and then while I was in school, I got a, a job doing CAD design for a textile company, and that was because I had good color vision, which is kind of funny thing to get a job. <laughs> that was really fun and interesting. And um, I just sort of developed a love for technology during the course of that job. And I just, I was incredibly interested in technology. And at one point I began to co-host this, co-host and co-curate this speaker series in Brooklyn called the Empiricist League. That was, that it consisted of science themed talks in this uh, bar venue. So it was like a venue that was usually reserved for musicians and comedians. Anyway, so I met some of the folks who started GenSpace through that speaker series and ended up volunteering for a bio art exhibit. And um, GenSpace was working with this place that is now closed called the Observatory. And they were putting together the art exhibit. And you know, as I was familiar with them and had gone to a few of their classes, like I volunteered to help out with the exhibit. So, you know, just creating um, graphic materials for the catalog and to help promote the exhibit. So I was like actually working on it. And it was, I was working okay. on it because, because I just, I was so, like I said, I was so intrigued by the idea of coding with life, you know, being able to, to peel it apart and unpack it like that. And that's what brought me to MIT was, um, I wanted to learn about the bacterial photography lab that Natalie was teaching at MIT. I attended the class and I made an ex example of bacterial photography and it didn't work out, but Natalie um, shared, of course, the, uh, the students' examples all worked, which was really exciting to see. And she shared some examples of plates with me. And I just, I thought it was so cool that I wanted to create uh, an artifact of the day um, since I, my plate didn't work. And so I just made this uh, one page infographic that outlined the protocol in a very high level way and then also what was happening on a microbial level and it, it actually took me months to do that because I wasn't familiar like I, I made it referencing photographs that I had taken of the class kind of referencing all the materials that I had that I'd gotten like during her class and before and like I said, it took me a really long time to make because I'm not a researcher and I wasn't familiar with a lot of the concepts in the paper, but um, I made it and shared it with Natalie and she thought it was useful. And so she brought me on to help out with the BioBuilder uh, textbook. Amazing. So just going back, <laughs> just going back a little while attending the BioBuilder workshop, what was your in sort of initial reaction to your experiment? Like, was there anything specific you found interesting about the science? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought just the whole idea of of tweaking a strain of E. coli to do something that it wasn't, that it wouldn't normally yeah. do was pretty interesting. And then yeah. using the, like, just the whole idea of photography and using light as a input 
creating that input in in the bacteria was was really interesting to me. It was I saw it as a, a new form of creative expression, just like a, a new to work with technology, and, and it just was really exciting to me. I, mean, I, I in the years after I graduated, I worked a lot in um, digital code, like with Flash and stuff like that. And uh, oh, okay, yeah, I saw this as kind of like an extension to that. But yeah, going to Natalie's class was was totally next level for me. Like, and um, completely intrigued because it was, you know, I mean, we I'd made a pinhole camera before, and I understood the the concepts, like the concepts of light that were at play in um, in the bacterial photography lab. And it just it really just seemed like a a very cool way to to begin to use life forms to create. You know, it was like microbes as pixels, except not the microbes as I understand it. It's the the stuff that the microbes make. <laughs> Perfect. Pretty cool. Coming back to BioBuilder textbook, your collaboration with BioBuilder is important because a lot of people talk about STEAM, but don't really walk the talk. Could you talk a bit more about how your intelligence as an artist was important and how that was integrated into the book? I mean, I think I, I got really lucky because I think working with Natalie and um, the rest of the team, Rachel and Katie, they were just, I, I think they, they started off really appreciating my perspective. And, you know, like I said, I didn't realize that I was making something that would be useful to Natalie in, in that type of form, forum, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the way that the process went was they put together a Word document with the things they wanted in each chapter. And I read the Word document and sort of went through and, and made notes where I thought images would make sense. And they trusted me and, and I just went through and I made the images and shared it with them and they gave me feedback and I would make tweaks if it was necessary. And, and it was just a really cool process. What I appreciate now is the importance of design uh, and illustrations in sort of explaining some of the science you're doing because a lot of papers have now asked for like graphical abstracts and just the ability of integrating like simple design is super important it, it helps a lot in explaining complex scientific ideas I agree and, I, and that's cool that a lot of papers are asking for graphical abstracts I think as a person who isn't so involved in the science or at least not from not from the beginning I think it, it helps to translate it to other people who are not involved in the science. Because I know there was like a visual syntax, like um, synthetic biology, open language, SBOL. I got really excited by that. And I think also being able to understand that, that SBOL is, is sort of like a, a language within a discipline. If you want to explain something outside of the discipline, you, you need to expand it somewhat. So. And what advice would you have like for someone like me who who's realized the importance of illustrating your science to make you know, complex ideas easier to communicate so like i want to pick up photoshop or illustrator it's good to keep it simple usually i wouldn't worry too much about uh, about being a great artist or a great illustrator I would definitely stick with Illustrator and not mess with Photoshop. A lot of scientists are very, um, they work really hard. And in some ways, I feel like maybe they, they might find themselves getting frustrated because they're not able to express visually what they want to express. But, you know, I think yeah. simple is perfectly fine. Like if you, if you want to use Google Slides or if you want to, you know, use Keynote or PowerPoint or whatever to, to in simple shapes, I think that's completely fine. Simple sometimes is much better than something 
too complicated. Don't get caught up in trying to make it perfect. What opportunities and projects have you had the chance to work on since you started with Bybuilder? Obviously, the Bybuilder textbook. But what are some of the projects that you've been involved with Bybuilder more recently? Well, we we worked on a um, a new lab that's not in the textbook. That, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, it's uh, yeah. it's sort of an extension of the Golden Rice Lab, but um, it involves the mini PCR, and so. Um, I got to go over to her lab at Lab Central and and put on that, and that was that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, synthetic biology to me, the very nature of it is collaborative and interdisciplinary. While you were making the BioBuilder textbook, um, it's really a synthetic biology education platform. That textbook, yeah. did you feel you were collaborating with people from? A diverse range of fields. Were you collaborating with people in obviously the arts, but also in engineering, computer science, statistics, chemists, biochemists. I think it would have been a very, in terms of the design aspect, a very collaborative and interdisciplinary experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I see that a lot in the space. And I think as a person who got involved in synthetic biology, just because I was interested in it, the fact that like it, it's clear to me that it's collaborative and, and an open space, which is very exciting. I don't think I would have been able to insert myself if it, if it weren't. Um, and definitely working on the textbook with uh, Natalie and Rachel and Katie was collaborative yeah. because, you know, like I said, I wasn't a biologist. I, I was an artist and they appreciated my specific skill set and my input into the whole experience. And I, I've been getting, I mean, I get that a lot. I, I do work with some other brands and institutions and I, I think they value visual input design and art in a way that yeah. I'm not so sure. I mean, you know, like this is a this is a field that I was drawn to because of the coding nature of it. That synthetic biology is is unique in the way that it's interdisciplinary, which is very exciting to me. Perfect. All right. So I guess the final question I have is, what are the key culture skills and sensibilities that have served you well uh, as an artist working in synthetic biology? That's a good question. I think, so I didn't, I haven't mentioned this yet, but there was a time where I worked in advertising and marketing when I first moved to, actually, yeah, I, I worked in digital media and marketing and advertising and in New York, which was pretty interesting. But I think given all that, like what I've learned and what I've been able to apply, what, okay. I, so I'm, act, I'm actually pretty curious. And like I said, I love technology. And that is what made me sort of gravitate towards synthetic biology and want to, to play with it some is just the curiosity. But the marketing and advertising component, I learned how to translate complex ideas and strategies into outputs that, that people can relate to. That was super helpful. But that stint in marketing and advertising was helpful for me to be able to look at complex ideas and strategies and shape them into something that's relatable. So that those those skills and sensibilities have definitely helped with synthetic biology because yeah. I do think that like, you know, it's still a young enough field that there is lots of room to make bridges, especially among people who don't have science backgrounds. And I, I, I spent a lot of like, it's really the curiosity is really like the biggest thing because I, I spent a lot of, I spent some time going to uh, Sinberg, which is like the consortium of MIT and Stanford and um, the universities. 
they got like a 10 year grant from the government and it's over now, but I spent some time going to those, those meetings and sitting and listening to a lot of presentations about research and hearing a lot of the jargon and, and trying to unpack it and just taking notes. And, and, you know, as I would sit and listen to things, I wouldn't, it wouldn't always make sense, but later on, once I would see the repetition and, and yeah. you'd start to piece together the puzzles. Yeah. Yeah, just start to piece it together and things would start to make sense. And, you know, I'd listen to somebody talk about their research and I would understand like maybe 20% of it. And then later on, you know, maybe like a few months later, I'd be like, I understand, you know, 75% of that. And I would feel like (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing. Just by, yeah, attending different events and seminars, you see a pattern and you're able to go from 20% to 70% quicker than you think. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, like I'm never going to be a researcher, but I, I can understand some of what is trying to be or what they're conveying and, and hopefully translate it to other audiences. I always think science is incomplete until it's communicated. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, a lot of it might get lost in the lab. Karen, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining the BioBuilder podcast today. Yeah, of course. Um, It's fun. (laughs) Hopefully we can have you on for a few more episodes later. I would love that. That would be fantastic. (laughs) Thanks once again to Karen for joining me. It was a pleasure learning about how her passion and curiosity led her from painter to science communicator to illustrator for the BioBuilder textbook and beyond. Her journey really shows the diversity of educational and career backgrounds of the lovely people working at BioBuilder. I thought Karen's comments about seeing biology as a new form of creative expression and a new way to work with technology very insightful. I believe this episode will be very helpful to artists looking for a pathway into science communication through design, as well as scientists looking to induce the expression of their creative genes and dive into Synbio illustration. If you would like to learn more about anything Karen and I discussed today, please refer to the show notes. Join me for the next BioBuilder podcast. We'll welcome another wonderful guest whose career has been influenced by BioBuilder's life-changing science. See you next time.